I'm Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. Leilani Melendez, you're going to get to hear from her today. She is a homeschooling mom of four, an evaluator and consultant for homeschool families, and runs a YouTube channel. You've probably all watched it, Living with Eve, where she provides guidance, resources, and support. She has recently written Freedom to Learn, Choosing Your Path to Homeschool Victory, which encourages families to homeschool without fear. Leilani's youngest has Down syndrome, which has inspired her to start connecting with other families on similar journeys. In addition to her passion for reaching homeschool families, she enjoys sharing her faith perspective through social media. Of course, this ties into encouraging homeschool families in the Lord, but she also shares her messianic walk. I was like, her messy? Leilani has attended a messianic congregation for 20 plus years and enjoys sharing with others her passion for keeping the Torah. And that's why she's here today. And I've met Leilani from her service in sharing her gifts and her her downloads to the Rooted Cafe and our homeschool conferences. And we're so blessed to have you today. Yay. Welcome, Leilani. Thank you. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you. So, so for those of you, you won't know this, but she is so gracious because we have already recorded this once and she was gracious enough to come back because the tech somewhere grabbed it, the the gremlins, and it's gone. I have no idea where it's at. So she's here <laughs> graciously to redo all this. I'm so excited to hear. Before we get started, I want to talk about you had a big event coming up this weekend. What's going on? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, it's my son's bar mitzvah. <laughs> so fun. Messianic so bar mitzvah. Yeah. yeah. It's been What's very... the difference? What do you feel like is the difference in a Messianic uh, bar mitzvah and a traditional Jewish bar mitzvah? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So with um his bar mitzvah he okay so bar mitzvah means son of the commandments and so he's very focused on it's almost like a rite of passage but i don't really want to see it that way because well it is but it isn't i don't know how to justify that but he, it's him committing himself to the lord and taking responsibility for his actions as a man as a member of our community of our congregation but not only that is that um, he's seeking to keep the Torah and walk the ways that the Lord wants him to walk. Um, it's not, I think in a, in a Jewish synagogue, it's viewed more, I mean, it's rite of passage, but it's, it's viewed more as works-based. And um, I mean, they don't believe that Jesus is God, Yeshua is God and or Messiah. So it's a, so there's that difference there. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> and um 
I know that he is reading from the Torah, the Hebrew. He's doing all the liturgy in the beginning, and he's delivering the message. Wow. And I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he won't tell me. He wouldn't let me look at it, but I do know it's the wrestling, and I know he's talking about endurance. That's all I know. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine your mama heart is so proud. Uh, Many of you guys may have already listened to Hulda Dawid. She was one of our guests here on, on Messy Antics. Her daughter just had her, um, she just had her bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah and she, it was messianic. And one thing that she did that I thought was genius, and I want to say this, so hopefully people hear this, is she had five women. I think it was five women connected them with her. So one of them was assigned to help teaching her her Torah portion. One of them was assigned to talk to her about her body changes and things going on as a woman and, and be like a mentor in those things. I might be making this all up. Hulda, if you hear this later. Uh, one of them was talking about, it was like emotional, spiritual, all different levels of her life, even educational. She connected women with her to be mentors in her life. And they each were responsible for speaking into meeting with her, like uh, once a week or month, you know, she had connection points that they had to do depending on the intensity of what was going on. You know, learning her, the the tour portion would have been weekly, you know, equivalent. And I just thought that was genius. Don't you think that's cool? That's sweet. Right. I guess maybe and- everybody prepares it differently too. Mm-hmm. I guess what tailored to whatever the child needs or the teenager because they're teenagers. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and they're like rolling their eyes no matter what we do, probably. I don't know about that. He's been he's been really good. Like he's really excited and Oh good. What's amazing though is because we've been at this congregation for a really long time. Um, the leadership, he's he's a rabbi. We call him rabbi. Um, but I Rabbi Steve. And we're I mean it, we're really close with him as a family. But for some reason, he just has been pouring so much time and energy into my son that I'm just, I mean, he has so many other things to do, but we're talking an hour a week for the last six months and the last two weeks, he's been spending at least an hour to two hours a day with him. Wow. And all this week I have driven him down and dropped him off with him. And they've been, you know, pulling out the Torah, reading from the actual Torah, practicing, going through it like a rehearsal. And I'm just, I've never seen him pour into anybody like this before, but he has. And, and I don't know, I mean, my husband's a godly man and it's great that he is a godly father, but somebody else coming into his life, pouring into him is huge. Huge, huge. Especially, and you, you yeah. both... From what I know in our short time of knowing each other, I know how passionate both of you are about the Torah and about teaching it and about how learning it and about walking it out. So I'm sure that has something to do also with him grabbing onto this and going because you haven't, you know, made it like you guys actually have life in it. You've brought life to it into your home. Yeah. So speaking of that, tell me how you came into finding Torah. How How did the new T word come into your house? You know, like, oh, this is new. Okay. Well, it happened before I was married. (laughs) Okay. Um, so basically I was raised in a CEO, right? Christmas Easter only church or family. And so we called ourselves Christian, um, growing up, but I mean, it is what it is very secular. And when I, my mom passed away when I was 18 and I was on a mission to find God. 
but I had so much because of what I had heard about the church and I, there was a little, uh, there was actually not a little bit. It was a lot of bitterness towards the church. just through word of mouth from my parents, from my grandparents who were actually former missionaries and had left the church and they were very bitter. And um, so I was carrying a lot of that bitterness, but I was still on a mission to find out who God was. And so I, when I went to college, I did, you know, college <laughs> trying to figure college out things. <laughs> yeah. Who God is through college is not always like the best path, but at the end of, I did go to a couple different churches, but I was always really uncomfortable being in the church because of that bitterness that I was carrying. And at the very end, um, I just felt in my heart after all the reading and all the, the logical, trying to logically think through everything and the Lord just supernaturally and also um, knowledge wise, I guess it only, it's the only thing that makes sense. Um, I was saved. And I, but I said to him, I was like, I cannot go into a church. Like, this is hard. Can I just, and the same within, I want to say it was in the same week, a lady who I had known from years back started reaching out to me just out of the blue that the Lord laid her on my heart and she was communicating to me. And she's like, and I told her about this. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to go to church. She's like, oh, well, I go to a Messianic synagogue. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so cool. I, I did. And I stayed there. I actually stayed at that one for about a year and a half, um, and then I'm because of uh, locations, I did move to another one, um, and then uh, it was just a gradual thing. Like it only made sense to me that I, and that was something when I was little. I used to think through a lot. Like if we're at a church and we believe in this whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, why aren't we keeping Passover? Why aren't we doing these holidays? Why is it only to the Jewish people? It just didn't make sense to me when I was a kid. And so it, I, I fit, I slipped right in to that very easily. And of course, as things went on, I would learn more things. And then when I met my husband, um, he was, I had just come back from, um, cause one of the things I did is I would go on mission trips when I was single, <laughs> when I, I was a teacher. So I had my summers off. So I would just like take off and go to a country, just like, you know, roll a dice and just go. I went to Israel a lot actually. So I just got back from a missionary trip and my husband started asking me all these questions about, he wasn't, I'm sorry, he wasn't my husband at the time. He was this random guy that I met at a restaurant at a, um, it was like an after Bible study thing. And he just started asking me lots of questions about why I attended a Messianic congregation. And, and he was very intrigued, but he was just, I don't know, it, we fought a lot in the beginning, me and my husband, my, my, my current husband. It was, but we kept talking to each other because it was like iron sharpens iron. And it sounds like a Hallmark movie right now. You know how like there's the drama, probably. they meet at the restaurant and then there's this big, they hate each other. They're like arguing about everything. Well, they don't hate each other, but they're arguing about everything. And then, yeah, this is what this sounds like right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the best part was, is it, my friend was trying to set me up with another guy. That's why I came to the oh. Bible study and that guy never showed up. So <laughs> perfect, it's a lot of perfect. Fun. The yeah. plot twist. I love exactly. Here we go. Okay. So, but me and Eric, um, I mean, we were on the phone till 2 a.m. in the morning and we were just arguing over scriptures and going and digging. And there were some things he was, I, I don't know, I can't go into all the detail, but pretty much after a period of three months, there was some things theologically that he had convinced me of. And then theologically, from my perspective on the Torah, I had convinced him. 
And we were just kind of coming together as at that time, really good friends. And the next thing you know, we're like dating and then we get engaged and we get married. And, but we were always on the, just after that initial, just shifting through. And then, I mean, I, it it was interesting too, because his mom actually in the very beginning was very much not big into the Torah keeping side of things and said, I was just a phase. Yeah, And then she yeah. turns around and now she starts to keep Torah. So it gets interesting there. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm loving hearing that. And I'm going to tell you, that's been more and more the case. I think that initially, whether it's a spouse or whether it's a parent, they're like, okay, well, this is the phase. Well, they're like, oh, wait, this is not just a phase. What are you doing? And more importantly, they're seeing the change in their lives. They're seeing the the blessings. I mean, it's right there. If you, then I, right? The mm-hmm. blessings and the curses. Your life will be limited if you don't do these things. If you do these things, you're going to see things. In the, and the biggest thing is I think behavior changes. I think they're thinking, right? What do you think your mom saw that, or his mom saw that did she, that changed her I in your guys' life? No, you no idea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you have, there has to be changes, right? They're seeing things changing. Like all of a sudden there's blessings or just, there's, it's not a phase. It's just obvious. Yeah. It's not a phase, right? So maybe because the long term, right, right. It just lasted. It, it lasted yeah. more than 90 days. So yes. Yeah. So I'm curious in the process, hence the name of the podcast, things got messy. It sounds like the first part of your relationship was kind of the, we'll we'll jokingly call it a messy, you know, going back and forth with you guys really um, working out and wrestling. Interesting. This Mm -hmm. week we are in that Torah portion, wrestling out uh, what was going with each of you, your faith and understanding your or your um, apologetics, like, why is it that I believe this? Is there any other times that has gotten kind of messy? Like when you first got started with holidays, maybe or holy days or Shabbats, is there any stories you could share with us? I, I know. I mean, there's just, there's silly stories, just, you know, like with the gefilte fish, right? (laughs) Like the gefilte fish on the table during Passover. And then the new guy were like, they're, and Hiroset, they look the same. And they're like, oh, the Hiroset's actually gefilte fish. Like we tell him it's, and then he takes a big old bite of the Hiroset, the bitter herbs, and he thinks it's gefilte fish. And then he's like turning red and all the things, you know, <laughs> silly stories like that. Um, I mean, of course, Shabbat, um, how to, how we do Shabbat, you know, there's always those kind of things. I know that one of the big things with having kids is when it comes to sports and extracurricular activity, a lot of people will sacrifice that to sacrifice going to service and being with their community. There's a wrestle there. There you go. There's that wrestle. Do I have my kids do baseball? Do I have my kids do soccer? Um, And then they have to go to practices 10 weeks in the fall and then 10 weeks. I don't know how many weeks it is because we don't do those things. So in the beginning, me and my husband, before we even had kids, that was one of the discussions we had. Do we allow our kids to do those kind of sports or do we make it a point to find sports that don't have practices on Saturdays? Mm-hmm. So we that we've made that commitment. My kids don't do any of those. They actually do archery <laughs> and running. I, so I can just tell you, there's many people listening, and if you're like, "Oh, I still do that," yay for you. We're not judging. It's not judging. It's just a it's a journey, and in that yeah. journey, we understand that this is the process. But can I just say, I sit back and watch families running all over the place. And I'm like, I don't see any peace in that. I mean, literally, well, if they're not, they're not just in one sport anymore. They're in multiple sports, right? Well, so, well, we do run all over the place, just not on Saturday. 
<laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, they're like, how, how can I actually walk this out? Well, when I'm actually just turning into a pretzel, um, mm-hmm. to do that. And, and, and I, I feel like the father's probably like, Oh, I just want to give you a really good day off and hang out with you. And so I, I know when I talk to you about your congregation, your face always lights up. <laughs> I know how much you love your congregation. Tell me, is there uh, any fun stories about your congregation as you guys have walked through things that you feel like sharing? Fun stuff? Anything, anything that's coming through, like, and that maybe should help someone and in, in encouraging someone, why should they find a congregation? Because a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to do this at home by myself. Much like you, you said, okay, I'm, I know you, I'm saved now. Can I just do, do this by myself? What would you say? Maybe a better angle would be, what would you say to someone who's saying, I'm going to just do this by myself. I don't need a congregation. I just think when you link arms with other people and you iron sharpens iron, it just, I don't know, like you seek scriptures together and you start to understand things a little bit better about what the word of God says and you challenge each other and you get, oh, okay. So this just came to mind. My favorite, okay. I love Passover. Don't get me wrong. Passover is amazing. Um, but <laughs> my favorite high holy day is actually Yom Kippur, which everybody thinks I'm crazy, but there's something about fasting together with the community and getting extremely real with each other and hungry together where you say things to each other that you normally would probably not say, but you still, there's this love and there's this forgiveness and, you know, you're sleeping on a chair because you're exhausted and you don't really care what anybody thinks. And there's just this realness, but then there's this, you know, people aren't really judging you and there's this love. I don't know how to explain it, if that makes sense. Well, it's like, it's, it's your all, I was, just, I was going to say misery loves company. That's a horrible example. No, <laughs> I mean, but it's like you're in the, in it together. So, and, and again, you've, you've created a space to be raw and open and, 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 you're uh, and then, and then you get to eat together when yeah, you're done. You get, get to, to break together it together. Afterwards. It's just, it's such a, you, cause you're around each other for almost 24 hours, except when you go home and sleep and then come, at least our congregation does. Cause we start that, that the Eve, we do the couple hours long service. You know, we're always trying to figure out what to do with the kids. Cause the kids are right. doing some crazy fast. Like my kids will do colored fast where they're like, I'm only eating red today. We're only eating blue today. Oh, that's great. Tell me yeah. about that. Tell me about some of the things because I, I we brought that up about Yom Kippur. Like how do you how do you walk that out with your children? I, I know Ruth Camargo brought that up about fasting with her kids. That was one of the episodes we've had already. And how they are starting to embrace that. Can you share that? Because especially as a teacher, I know this is your heart. How do you start? When, how early do you start? And then tell me about how you've incorporated that. I mean, I, I, I want them to decide because fasting is not easy. I don't know. I just... I just kind of made a big deal out of it. And then they wanted to be included and just the peer pressure with each other. And my older son, they started this, this just fasting a color or fasting everything but that color. And they would get really creative because they would say, I really want strawberries during Yom Kippur. So I'm going to fast on, I'm just going to only eat red items. And the funny thing is, of course, we're wearing all white. So here's my son eating tomato soup and he's got tomato soup stains all over his shirt like those kind of things, strawberries. And, you know, my daughter will do, she'll do like only fruit for the day. So we don't, with my youngest, um, Naomi down, she has down syndrome. We haven't really done anything with her fasting wise, just because I'm just, I, I don't even, I haven't, I don't think she understands 
what right. Yom Kippur is. And so we just right. kind of were at service all day. And so she experiences that. My older son last year actually fasted everything but water. So he did really good. But that was his choice. And I and I told him the whole day, he'd be like, oh, this is awful, mom. I'm like, look, if you are ready to eat something, eat something. And he would be like, no, I'm going to do this. And so he persevered and made it to the end. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. And I have talked to people fasting that, you know, afflicting your soul does not necessarily mean food. I mean, some people are like, I don't, you know, if you have to take medications, they mm-hmm. get very stressed oh, yeah. out about this. It's like, listen, you pray and ask the Holy One to tell you how, what is it? Cause some of you may food not be an issue to my husband. Food is not a thing to him. It's no big deal. But there might be other things that might be screen time. It mm-hmm. might be something else, which we do anyways, but it might be something that you have to fast. Like for him, it might be coffee. You know, who <laughs> I'm just making this up. But you ask him, what is it that's going to afflict me? Because it's so beautiful when you come out of it and you're, you're, you have, you real, we, we are practicing fasting on a, on a, throughout the year, but, but it does something to your soul. I don't know. Yeah. You're, cause you've, you've taken your flesh captive and said, you're not the boss here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, for me, nothing else does it like food. Oh, know? yeah. There's something I always joke around and say, for me, fa- I fast, like I'll fast just because I I feel this connection. Like, I don't know. It's like a breakthrough. Like, I feel this connection with the Lord. And I always feel like my sweet spot is like 16, 17, 18 hours into the fast where I can sit and pray and just be very transparent with the Lord in my heart and all the things. So. I like it, that. It, it takes away the noise, sometimes that outside noise. Now, the other part of me is many of you know I'm a recovering control freak, hence why I wrote the book. But the reason I, and it for me, it's like having control over that because I don't like my flesh having control over what <laughs> it's going to do and all the cravings. Um, if you go back and I keep bringing up other podcasts, but Dr. Uh, Deb Gold talks about when she came into Torah, it was as a result of a 40 day fast. Wow. And I'm like, Girl, you are my hero because she only did water for 40 days. That's crazy. I couldn't do that. That's... Me neither. I'm like, you not worthy, you know? <laughs> and she's like, I have never done it since nor before. But she, it was like she was going through a horrible season in her life and it required it. And she, I mean, it, it literally transformed her life. And so that's the other thing I love that you said you can hear, you start to hear from him at a certain point. Um, I love that so much. So we're going to go into this rapid round. We're going to okay. get to know you a little better. So what is it, before we start this, what is it you wish people knew about you? Is Because we're going to put all the ways to find you, how to click on your links in the show notes. But what is it that you feel like you wish everyone knew about your passion and, and what your heart is? What they wish I knew? Um, like your business, like what you do for work and, and, and how oh, you're I mean, helping I'm just, people. I, for me, I'm just really passionate about encouraging others and, and supporting others in their whether they're homeschooling or their walk with the Lord, uh, but very much specifically homeschooling and being a parent of a child with special needs. I think a lot of people feel insecure. They feel bullied by what the government is dictating to them. And I know that I've, I have studied the laws a lot. Um, I've studied education and I see how there's just, there could potentially be a lot of bullying and um, lack of self-esteem for individuals. And I want them to have that self-esteem so they can go out there and be the best parent that they can be for their kids. And a lot of people are even afraid to serve the Lord through education because of their experience from public school and thinking that there's only one way to do it. But I want to encourage people to be teaching their kids about the Lord through education as much as they can. can. So 
That's yeah. beautiful. And I know I, I am, if you haven't been, you can become a member of the Ruta Cafe and you can go back and also watch the Leilani, her, her, her sessions in our com- our homeschool conference. And, and you're, it's just beautiful. I think for me, the big aha moment was hearing, I don't have to do it like school. Yeah. Thinking I had to meet, oh my gosh, I should do this by second grade. And then we have to have these qualifications by this time. It's like, no, I don't have to do it that way. Is there a guideline? Mm, yeah. But I get to figure out from here to here how I get there. And I right. can use his word to do that. I can have them studying creation and I can have them studying Noah's Ark, studying studying the word, studying things at every age. And, and it's what a great way to do that one room classroom and just mm-hmm. make it for everyone's needs and, and special needs. And so if you're, if you're a listener right now, whether it's your, maybe your wife is home and you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I, my wife needs to hear this. Would you, would you click on the show notes, share it with your wife because, or if you are the, the homeschooling mom or homeschooling dad, would you, um, check, you want to check out everything that Leilani is doing because you need the encouragement, especially if you have a special needs child, um, because you're not alone. This, this is hard. It's okay to not be okay. And she's going to help you um, feel um, probably refreshed in, in knowing that just linking arms with you. So I encourage you to do that. That, and I get real on my, so I have over 500 videos. It's crazy. And there's some videos on there where I'm just like, look, I'm not perfect and see what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm struggling. So I'm really real with my audience. Um, I just sometimes I have some videos that are really informative. Some videos are just me being real. Some are, you know, curriculum reviews. Some are me working with Naomi. Some are on how I celebrate holidays. Like there's just a slew, like a huge library. (laughs) And I try to keep my playlist up to date um, as best as I can. So people can find what they're looking for. Um, But yeah, I'm also, I'm very real on my channel because I don't want to get up there and be one of those people that just, that lie and say, look how perfect I am because I'm not. <laughs> right. Right. If, if you feel like you could see a movie for the first time again, what movie do you think that would be? Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Yes. 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 Is there anything super useless that you have memorized that you just still know and it's totally useless in your head? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I started memorizing the uh, periodical table of elements. <laughs> But I, sure that's a, that's a need to know. Yeah. Is it? Okay. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm like every good boy does fine. Like, why do I still know that? I don't know. I, why do, you know, yeah. Play the piano. Yeah, stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's music. Yeah. Or a quick brown dog jumped over the lazy dog when typing. Um, I'm old. We did that. I did okay. Think. So on a scale of one to 10, you were adventurous before you did lots of travel. What would you say now on a scale of one to 10? How, how adventurous are you? Um, seven. I mean, I took my daughter caving two weeks ago. Oh, love it. The that one with um, special needs and went on a five mile hike at 31 degree Fahrenheit, which is really cold for a Floridian. That uh, is crazy. Very cold. That is exciting. Oh, how fun. So I do, would do do, are you, are you an instruction follower or you just kind of improvise and fly by the seat of your pants? I try to be an instruction follower for safety reasons. <laughs> Good. Okay. So M&Ms, do you, do you eat them by the handfuls or one at a time? I don't eat M&M's. Good, good answer. Okay. (laughs) Yes, yes. We have, we've had this discussion with a few people and we're laughing. We're like, just pick out the red ones. Um, Eat them. I mean, to me that some of that like chocolate, I think tastes like plastic. So I'm not a chocolate person. Gotcha. (laughs) What is, what is something that you really wish you liked it, but you just don't like it at all? Oh, that's hard. Um, um, Eggs. (laughs) 
Okay. I don't like how eggs. Old, how old were you? My husband doesn't like eggs. How old were you when you learned how to drive, when you got your license? Oh, I, my license I got when I was 17, but I got my permit at 15. Awesome. Tell me now, you've been to Israel a few times. What are, give me two of your favorite spots in Israel. Um, Masada and that Dead Sea mm. area and in yeah. Getty. Like they're all tied together, it's sort of. They're close. So that's like three oh, spots. Beautiful. What's, why is it your favorite spot? It's peaceful. Mm. And nobody can bother me. It's just peaceful. I like and that. I can climb things. This is, you can climb things. You're a climber. I okay. like to climb things. That's really awesome. Walking or physically? Both. Okay. That's why I said when I, when, um, when I did the caving, I made a joke to my husband. I'm like, if I could do some rock repelling here, that would be awesome. But I, I, we didn't have time and I had kids. yeah okay this this question is a little harder so we'll see where we go with it so what have you changed your mind about in the last year changed my mind about oh how see that's weird uh I guess maybe how how to approach certain theological topics with this sounds really deep with people that aren't familiar with keeping Torah, Christians, just how to approach it all. Not to hold those things. (laughs) That is maturity, right? Because we just get so zealous and I appreciate you for that. What are some final thoughts that you have for listeners right now? And you can base it around that too. You know, the grace for other people's journey. Um, Always keep the Messiah in the forefront whatever whatever you do whatever you're thinking always go back check skip scriptures and see if it truly glorifies him that is beautiful <laughs> thank you for that that's that's all we need yeah it's literally all it's we so need. easy to get sidetracked there's so much sensationalism and there's so much just different little things does it glorify him in the end that's beautiful. Thank you for being with us and, and for re-recording with me. And you're such a blessing. And I'm going to, again, put all the things um, in the show notes so you know how to find Leilani, get support from her, go through and watch all 500 videos. Um, Don't if you're going to binge something, <laughs> that's what you get to binge. Um, and be blessed. Thank you again, Leilani, for being with us. Thank you. Remember, guys, even though this journey does get messy, so stay focused on Yeshua. And that's a wrap on another Messy Antics Adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers, from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps, we've truly experienced the full spectrum of Messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guests who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. 
and help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.